Well, good morning, everybody. So glad that you were able to come out and join us today. Um, it's, it's always exciting to be able to get to do this with my wife. We don't get to do this as often, but it's really, you know, we're excited about doing this together. And uh, it's a journey. And, um, and, of course, you know, the important subject of communication, we can't stress that enough. That even in premarital counseling, we stress that a lot, the importance of communication, because communication is such an essential part of life, but also in marriage. Because without it, marriage wouldn't survive. So it's really important. We don't want to take that for granted. So we're hoping and praying that today that as we share uh, some key points about communication and also share some of our own experiences, because, you know, we don't want to give the impression that we've reached the pinnacle of success on the act, on the art of uh, communication, because my wife and I, we're still growing and developing that area because communication is a process. It takes a lifetime to actually learn to be great communicators, because not everybody's a great communicator. But it's something that we need to learn and develop in order for our marriages to be successful and and to work. Um, So, you know, um, but again, it's a process. It's something that we learn as we go along in life. And um, because if you stop to think about it, without communication, you wouldn't know what your spouse is thinking or feeling right? Without communication, um, you open the doors for um, misunderstanding and assumptions. And how many marriages have gotten themselves into trouble because you've assumed the wrong thing or misunderstood? And that happens all the time. And that's very easy to happen. Um, Without communication, intimate knowledge of your spouse cannot grow. And without communication, you're not able to solve any problems. So communication is really, really important. Um, Today we're going to focus on three keys of effective communication. Uh, One of them is um, building up each other, the importance of affirming your spouse and speaking well of them in front of others, and that's what my wife will do. That's her area of strength. My wife is probably the most compassionate person I've known, I've ever known, She's very sensitive to people's needs. She's very sensitive to people's feelings. And she never has a negative thing to say about anybody. Even if someone makes her angry, she always finds an excuse for their behavior. But that's why I think this is her area of strength. I'm going to be talking about the difference between hearing and listening. And to to learn or develop some tips on better communication. And then both of us are going to talk about uh, how to communicate well, even if you and your spouse have different communication styles. And I think that, you know, both my wife and I, we're going to talk about our differences because we definitely, definitely have difference of communication styles. And we'll talk about that. So that, that's going to be fun. So uh, let me just start off with um, sharing an illustration with you about this couple who was looking forward to their long-awaited date night. How many of you have date nights? Okay. Well, this couple, what's interesting about this couple is that their birthdays happen to be on the same day. And so the wife planned a surprise birthday party for her husband at their favorite Chinese restaurant. So she had all her friends together so that they can meet them there. So her husband and her and her husband were driving off. And then her husband suggests, honey, let's go do Mexican food. And so the wife calmly says, "Uh, honey, I'm really not in the mood for Mexican food, um, but I really prefer Chinese food. But the husband insisted that they had Mexican food because he was craving for a big enchilada. And, And so they went back and forth. And so the wife realized that, and it was obvious to her that her husband was being difficult, demanding, unreasonable, And he was only interested in his own food craving. So when she couldn't get him to come to Chinese restaurants, she screamed out of frustration, saying, you dope. I planned a surprise birthday party for you at a Chinese restaurant, and all of our friends are there, so we have to go there. And so 
what made her even more frustrated is her husband just burst out laughing. And, and that made her even more angrier. And it took him five minutes to tell her that he was also planning a surprise birthday party for her at the Mexican restaurant. So this story shows how important good communication is for, uh, for healthy relationships. It's, understand that before the wife knew the truth, she thought her husband was being stubborn and selfish. And he probably thought the same thing about herself. So, but because of their lack of communication, they didn't know that. So they were thinking and perceiving each other as something else. But in reality, their motivation was not out of selfishness, but love. Because they were both trying to please each other. So even though their communication breakdown was funny, not all communication breakdowns end up this way. As a matter of fact, communication breakdown is, is always the major factor for marital breakdowns or breakups. Now, I know this for a fact. So that's why it's really important that we tune into this skill of communication because there's something that has to be learned and it has to, something that we have to be intentional about. And so, um, so, and again, we're not here as experts. You know, we're still learning, we're still developing in, the, in our journey together. But in the 38 years that we've been married, we've learned a few things along the way. So uh, having been together this long, um, we must be doing something right. So, so here it goes. So I'm going to ask my wife to start off, and she's going to talk to you about building up each other and the importance of affirming your spouse and speaking well of them in front of others. Thank you, honey. Can you hear me? Okay, you can. Okay, my, my first experience... Uh, of the power of words, since we're going to be talking about affirming one another, was in my childhood. In my home, when I'd get up, um, I'd ask my mom to bless me, and she would bless me. Uh, When I left the house, she would bless me. When I'd go to visit a relative and the the head of the house, when we went in, they would bless us. I can't remember if it was the left hand or the right, but they would put their hands on our head and bless us, and then they would send us out on our way. Um, and bless us then as we're going out the door. And so uh, those earlier years, we were blessed coming in. I learned what blessed coming in and blessed going out was and the power of the word. And uh, our words have power. We use them all the time to communicate. Our words can either build or tear down. You know, um, uh, we don't often realize, you know, the, um, the impact of the words that we use in, uh, to, for people. And yet God says that we're going to be accountable for every idle word. You know, every empty word, um, uh, every, every unemployed word, and every careless word that we use. And that's really, you know, daunting when you think of it. You say, wow, God, this is important to God. Words that we use with one another. And um, what we say, how we say it, and, the, um, and our, um, what is our motive behind what we say really matters to God. <coughs> God takes that seriously. You know, um, there's a, a, a scripture that says, since it's important to God, we truly need to be intentional, really be intentional about what we say to one another because God cares about people. You know, he cares about your spouse your spouse is just as important to God as you are. You know, he values them. Um, um, there are gifts to us. God has given our spouses to us as gifts. And, uh, and for us to cherish, um, meaning to protect, to respect, to notice, to honor, um, to show gratitude, and to hold them dear. Um, when I think of... Um, there's a, a scripture that says in, in Proverbs 12:18 it says, "Careless words stab like a sword, but wise words are a healing." You know, and so we really need to, you know, watch how we say and what we say. Do we always get it right? Do we miss things? Yeah, we do. You know, I know I do. You know. Um, but, you know, I'm thankful for God because there's a scripture that I've always stood on for God to work in me, you know. Um, 
In Psalms 138, where it says, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. God is willing to perfect whatever it is in you that needs to be fixed. And, uh, and I'm thankful for, the, for God for that. Because I needed a lot of things to be fixed in me, you know. A lot of times I'd say, Lord, um, um, how about, you know, point out something that maybe I thought needed to be fixed in him. And it's almost like God would always bring it back to me. me? You know, perfect. <laughs> you know, he would. Really? <laughs> but God would, you know, bring it back to me. Um, He'll perfect that which concerneth me. I can't change anybody. He'll do the changing. But first, he's concerned about changing me, you know, so that when we come together, we're both changed and God can work, you know. But you have to be willing to let God work, work in you. Um, This brings us to building each other up, the importance of affirming your spouse and speaking well of them, you know, in front of other people. I believe that affirming your spouse, really, it starts at home, you know? You're not going to do anything outside that you're not doing at home. It will always spill over, you know? Um, Your home is the most important place. It's your place that you grow in, you know? A place where there's room for growth and forgiveness. You know, it should be a place that you can get grace for all your mistakes that you make in your home. You know, um, even when you have your kids, they should be able to make their mistakes in the home so that when they go out, you don't want them making the mistakes out there. You want them to, to make it in a place where there's, there's a safety, you know. And um, your home ought to be a safe place. It ought to be a safe place. If it's not a safe place for you, um, if, you know, this morning I was just thinking of this. I don't know anything about anybody or anything like that, but I was thinking if it's not a safe place for you. If your home is not a safe place, get to a safe place. You know, get help for somebody who, uh, you know, talk to you, uh, somebody you trust, your pastor or a good friend or somebody that you can, that can help you if your home is not a safe place. A home ought to be a place where, um, where you look forward to coming to, your, your sanctuary. When my husband comes through the door, he's coming through a, to a sanctuary, you know, a safe place. A place he can lay his head down and rest, you know. And, um, and that's the atmosphere that you always want to pray that God helps you to create for your house, that it's a safe place. It's, um, you know, it's a comfort place. A place where you can make your mistakes, yes. And, and somebody can forgive you for them. Just like God does for us, you know. Uh, how we forgive our spouses for anything they do, it should be like we should use that model like the Holy Spirit does. He's just so gentle. He'll show you something, and then he'll, you know, you'll see it because he'll show it to you so clearly, but yet he, he has no condemnation. He doesn't condemn you while he's yeah. showing you it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't judge you. And, and because he doesn't do that, you receive it better. You know, you receive it. There, uh, if, if you're coming at a place, uh, when somebody's coming at a place of love to tell you something, you're going to receive it better. You're going to receive it better. And that's how the Holy Ghost does. Imagine if we could use that model all the time, how the Holy Ghost deals with us. You know, um, when you affirm your spouse at home, like I said, it will spill out. And sometimes you don't even have to say anything. It's what you do for them and how you, you look out after them will speak volumes to somebody. Um, you don't always have to be talking all the time. Uh, in love, I believe it's action. So even when you tell somebody you love them, if you're telling them you love them, but, but your actions are saying something else, you know, it, there's no value there, you know, for that person when they're hearing that. So with this said, here are some examples for affirming your spouse. There's so many that you could go home when you go home. Just think of ways that you can affirm your spouse. Write it down. Get a notebook, you know, and, and think. You know, if you love them, you know, and... It'll come, but if you have a hard time loving, like some people come out of households, they don't, they're not exposed to, you know, the love. Uh, not everybody's brought up in a loving home, but God is a creative God. Um, he'll show you how to love your spouse. He'll yeah. show you. He's, you know, he'll, he's very creative. He'll give you ideas and show you how to do things, you know. Um, what might come natural to somebody else might not come natural to someone else. 
um, one of them I thought was thanking them when they do something for us. You know, we have to have that attitude of gratitude. Uh, it's so easy to be familiar with your spouse that if they do something for you, you forget. Sometimes I forget, but thank God for modern technology. I'll text it, you know? And then when they come home, you can make up for it. But, um, but just, you know, remembering to be thankful, even for the little things, the opening of the door, the closing of the door, doing the laundry for you. Uh, my husband, I work nights, so he'll iron my uniform. It's between him and my daughter. And um, so when I get up, all I have to do is take a shower, throw my uniform on, and I don't have to iron it. He does that because he loves me and because he wants to save me time so I can sleep and rest. So I'm grateful for that, you know. And I I think of things to do for him. Um, And and God gives me those things. Um, Reminding them that even when you might not agree with something, you still respect their their opinion. you know, I, I was not good at that before. I used to say, you know, if, if he didn't agree with something, I'd say, gee, how come he's not getting it, you know? Um, you know what I got to put up with. You know, I say, you know? I'd say, how come he's not getting it, God, you know? But that's when it goes back to that God, you know, working in me to perfect things, you know, that needed to be perfect. My, uh, you know, opinion wasn't the, the opinion, you know? Uh, that's how... People divorce and, you know, things happen, you know, because you think you know it all or whatever, you know, and you don't, you know. But God had to work in, in certain things in me. And, um, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a, um, I so appreciate you is one of them. You know, I so appreciate you. Mike and I take time. Sometimes I just sit on his lap, and he'll tell me, how he appreciates me. And it does my heart good. It's, um, you might know your, your husband appreciates it, but you need to hear it. Sometimes you just need to hear it. And, um, and he's good at that. He'll tell me things. Maria, you know, I appreciate you for doing this or for doing that. And, and, I'm, and, it, and it makes me feel good when I hear it, you know. It's just something, like I said, about hearing it. Um, because you know that you're not being taken for granted. You know, it's a good, a good thing. Uh, I think we need to practice that with one another all the time. Just be appreciative of the little things. The little things. My daughter-in-law is so appreciative. When she lived with me for nine months, it's like the littlest thing she'd say, thank you. You know, she'd bow down or whatever she did. You know, a way of saying thank you. And, uh, and I always thought I was a, a thankful person, but I said, wow, Lord, you know. I, got, I have to be thank, more thankful. Um, God will show you creative ways to do that. Another one is I cherish our connection. This one is dear to me because um, my husband, you know, I, I often remind my husband that I am grateful that he um, waited on God to ask me for my, our first date. Um, his friends were always, like, pressuring him, like, hurry up, when are you going to ask her? You know, ask her now, you know. But he was determined to wait on God. And what he didn't know was that I wasn't ready. Had he asked me when his friends were putting all that pressure on him, I would have said no. You know, I had been in a relationship, and he cheated on me, and I, and I thought, God, this is just me and you. You know, it's going to be just me and you, and I'm not, you know, looking here or looking there. Um, and um, I was so happy just being with me and God. I loved it. I, I, the pastor said, do you need anybody to go file something? I'd be running to go do that, you know. Need somebody to clean in a nursery? I'd go do that. You know, I just, it was just me and God, and I was, I was happy. I almost missed him, and he was right in front of my eyes. I almost missed it. And so God just knows how to put people together. He knows how to just move things Hook people up, and I'm so grateful that he hooked us up. Yeah. Honey, can I just say this? Um, when I was waiting on God to show me when the right time would be to ask my wife out on our first date, um, I don't know if it was a combination of a fear of rejection or just waiting on the Lord, but I think it was a combination of the two. But I think that fear of rejection probably helped me to wait a little longer because when that time did come, I knew it. You know how it is when you know that you know? That's when I knew, and then when I 
when I asked her out, well, the rest is all history. So yeah. Yeah, thank the Lord for that. But that's one of the things that I love about him, though, that, um, that he won't move until he hears from God. And, and that has saved us a lot of things throughout the years, of not making crazy decisions, but he won't move, you know. And I, and I trust him, and I trust the God in him. So when he says something, I know, when he says, Maria, we're going to hold on for this. Let's, let's hold out for this for a while, you know. And I trust the God in you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm thankful for that. Um, uh, you are my best friend. I always tell him, you're my best friend next to Jesus. <laughs> I'm also her lover. <laughs> and he says, he always says, um, he doesn't mind being second best to Jesus. No. To Jesus. Um, uh, another one you could say, uh, I love your cooking. Now, don't lie to them. If they can't cook, don't be telling them, you know, that, that you love their cooking, you know. Um, uh, God will show you creative ways to compliment them, you know. Like, thank you for cooking for me, you know. When I got married, I couldn't cook. You know, my mother was an awesome cook. His mom is an excellent cook, too. Um, but I didn't know how to cook, you know. I just ate it. And she cooked it, I ate it. And... Um, but um, in my mom, I'd say, my, how do you make rice? I couldn't even make rice. Um, but she, uh, she would just put the rice in the, in the water in the pot and put the wooden spoon. She'd say, if the spoon doesn't turn over, if it stays up, then you have enough rice and enough, enough uh, water. But I, I, I need measurements. You know? Now I, you know, I needed measurements to learn how to cook. Now I, I just throw it all together. I don't measure. But at that time, I did. And... Um, you know, I, but I would, you know, cook my husband the food, and I'd be so proud, even though I knew I didn't know how to cook, but I'd, you know, I'd make him the English, um, what is it, the uh, Jiffy Corn Bread uh, uh, box of muffins, <laughs> mix. Yeah. and I would put it in the, you know, instead of the cornbread, I'd make it a little bit more fancier and put it in the muffin tins, and, you know, cut it in half and put the butter for him, and, and I don't know if it was frozen patties or something, but I, I would give him that. And canned I thought veg- it was gourmet meal. I, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how, because his mother could cook. But, you know, but he would eat it, you know. And, I, you know, we were in the newlyweds. I'd be looking at him all smiling while he's eating the food. And, um, and, he, and he'd eat it. He'd eat it all. And uh, there, there was only one time that he wasn't smiling. But he said I could share it. Right? Yeah. So can I still share yeah. it? Yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah. You'll yeah, never I, see me the same again. Oh, no. I'd be like um, well, he wanted me to fry a certain meat. And, um, pork chops. Pork chops, yeah. I was just saying, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, wanted me to uh, fry a certain meat. And I did have the intention to fry it for him, but in the middle of somehow when I went to go cook it, I started thinking something healthier, you know, like let me just do something else to it and make it healthier. Because uh, my mother always cooked healthy. And so I, I, you know, I was trying to make it healthy. When he got home and he saw that, pork chop, and uh, he was really, you know, I think more disappointed. Well, I was upset. Right? Yeah, Just, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was upset. Well, he was, <laughs> but yeah, he was disappointed and upset. I wanted fried pork chops. Yeah, and I was upset, too, because he got upset, you know, but uh, I don't even remember if, I know we resolved it because we're still we're here. <laughs> no, we didn't resolve it because you still don't make me fried pork chops. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm looking out for your help. <laughs> but, but, uh, Thank you, honey. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so he you know he got upset and um, you know but overall you know he always appreciated my food yeah. and and he would you know I, I think you, you appreciate it but you know there was a time when my sister in law got me a cookbook a Betty Crocker cookbook for Christmas during that time so I don't know if God I never asked you if God gave you a creative way to show me how to cook uh. encourage me. Yeah, I'm still waiting him? for you. I'm still waiting for you to cook some of that meal from the from the cookbook. <laughs> you don't like the rest of my cooking? <laughs> no, I love. <laughs> oh, I appreciate your cooking. Uh, I love your cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I love your cooking. <laughs> no, I know he's not just saying that. He does like my cooking. My cooking, my cooking has gotten better over the years. You know. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, 
And so, so if you don't know how to cook and you're a newlywed, don't feel bad about it, you know. Um, go to Miss Angela Zimbalin. She'll give you some <laughs> tips. <laughs> Angela is one of the best cooks that I know and a baker. If you've tasted her, um, what do you call those? Um, cinnamon. cinnamon rolls, you know. You'll know. That's crazy. But, um, yeah. And... Yeah, but he did. He did appreciate the fact that he, I took time to cook. And, and God will show you creative ways to tell something, somebody something without hurting their feelings. Because me, I'm the sensitive one. My husband's the one that likes to joke and all the time. And um, but we'll share all that later. Uh, I love you. I love you is a word that people just throw around, you know. Um, love is an action word. It's an action word. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. I forget the mic. Love, love is an action word. And um, just saying I love you is not enough. You have to really, you know, put some action behind that. Let them know you really love them, you know. Uh, if they're tired, you know, cook for them. If they're, uh, you know, if, if they can't do this, do it for them. The little things, it's the little things that go a long way. And I think that's what's kept us, all the little things that we do for mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. The, the, the simple things. And I'm so appreciative of you. For that, you know. Appreciate you. Yeah. And like I said, if you're you're um, having a problem expressing love, ask God. He's a creative God, and he, you know, he knows how to show you how to love. You know, mm-hmm. he's just a creative God, and the love lives inside of you. So you, so we really don't even have any excuse. But if we don't know, God will show us. God will show us. Um, my husband, what he loves is when he's eaten something, after the, the food settles, he likes a nice hot cup of tea. And uh, a lot of times he'll come downstairs and make it himself, or sometimes he'll ask me and I'll make it. But, I, and, but a, a lot of times, you know, I'm running around, but I love when I can beat him to it, when uh, I get him that cup of tea before he even asks for it. Yeah. It's just, it does my heart good to just go up there and bring him that cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And then just to see his smile and, you know, and it just does my heart good. Yeah, you know? I'm happy just to do, that. Yeah, just to do something for him. Uh, and, and for me, it's like sometimes, like, you know, I, I, I love dishes, but I don't like to do them all the time. I, you know, I clean. I think I'm a clean person, but oh, yeah, sometimes I am. But, but sometimes the dishes, you know, I'm not really a big washing the dish person. I wash them because they need to be washed. But... There's times I've gone to bed and there's been dishes and I wake up and they've been done. And that does my heart good, that he thinks about me, um, that extra work. Um, You know, just as you affirm your spouse at home, you should speak well about them in front of others. When you're really, when you're talking about your spouse, it's like you're talking about yourself Mm -hmm. because you're one. So you have to remember that. Even if I'm at, when I'm at work and I hear that, it, it just has a, a, a tough thing in me to think, wow, you know, how can people talk about their spouse like that? They just throw them around like it's mm-hmm. a ping pong ball or something, yeah. you know? But it's like t- they really don't realize that whatever they do um, to their spouse, it's like doing for themselves. When you pray for your spouse, it's like praying for yourself because you're one. Mm-hmm. So speak good about your spouse. I, I'm sure you can find something to say good about them. You know, and um... yeah, one of the things about speaking well about your spouse to others is that sometimes when you get into an argument or dis- disagreement with your spouse, there's always this temptation to want to confide with somebody else outside the family, outside the marriage. And, um, and that's not a good thing to do because out of frustration and anger, you might say some things about your spouse that you shouldn't be saying and now what you're doing is you're planting a seed in that person's mind about your spouse. So whenever that, spouse, that, that friend sees your spouse, that's the thought that they're thinking about, about them because of what you've planted in their hearts and in their minds. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that to, to, if you're going to say anything about your spouse outside the house, outside the marriage, uh, to friends and relatives or whatever, it always should be affirming and positive. And not negative. Mm. Okay, at this time I'm going to turn it over to my husband. Thank you, honey, for those wonderful affirmation. That's true. I love you. 
So, all right, so what we're going to talk about now is um, listening versus hearing and developing good habits for communication. Um, Now, many people use the words hearing and listening interchangeably, but there's really an important difference between the two. One psychologist from Columbia University Medical Center says this about hearing and listening. Hearing is the passive intake of sound. While listening is the act of intentionally working to comprehend the sounds you hear. Okay? In other words, hearing is an act of receiving sounds and becoming aware of sounds through your ears. Right now, you can hear, you hear that sound? I'm not sure what that is. Is that the air? Okay. You hear that. Um, but it's not like you really want to hear it, but yet you hear it. It's like also if you're at home and you hear the air conditioning running or the refrigerator or airplane flying overhead or the cars passing by. These are sounds that we hear every day. But it doesn't mean that we really want to hear it, but we hear it. Hearing is an ability to hear, but where concentration is not required. All right, so... You're hearing the air conditioner, or I should say this, you're hearing a cat making a lot of noise outside your window. You hear the cat, but it doesn't mean that you're intentionally wanting to hear it, but you do hear it because it's a sound that you hear picks up. So hearing requires no effort. You don't make a conscious decision to hear, but you do hear. All right, do you understand that? So, listening, however, refers to making a conscious effort to perceive or to comprehend the sound. It's intentional and it requires effort. A runner cannot hear a dog barking because he's listening to his music. So he cannot hear the sound of barking because he's intentionally listening to the music that he's listening to. All right, he's focused So when we talk about listening, the difference between listening and hearing lies in the conscious effort. Now, listen very carefully. The conscious effort that one makes to comprehend the sound. Now, you hear me say that word comprehend three times already. It's a very important word moving forward. So when you're in conversation with someone, it's common for for your mind to drift to other thoughts. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But when you begin, when your mind begins to start drifting and wandering, um, what the thing that you got to understand is that you're likely still hearing the person speaking, but you really are not listening to what they're saying. Do you understand that? So when that happens, this can have a negative impact on the conversation and the relationship with people because they know that you're not really listening to what they're saying. How many of you, when you're speaking to somebody and you know they're not listening, how does that make you feel? What's that? Yeah, yeah, it makes makes you feel like what I'm saying is not important to you, okay? So it developed that negative impact. You can hear someone speaking all the time. But you need to listen in order for, them to, in order for you to understand them. Okay? Listening is a conscious effort. It's a decision that you make. You're intentional about listening to the person that's speaking to you. But this is what I love about this. Because listening at its best is active. It's focused. It's concentrated attention. And it's for the purpose of understanding what the person person is saying, feeling, or expressing. You're never going to understand what your spouse is feeling or expressing if you don't take the time to listen to what they're saying. That's the whole purpose of listening, to understand what they're feeling and what they're expressing. Okay. Listen, rec- listening requires your attention. 
And listening with the intent to understand is referred to as active listening. Now, when my wife has one of her challenging nights at work, she wants wants to tell me about it. She wants to express her frustration. She wants to express her anger and her her irritation and aggravation uh, at work. I know that that's probably the most important moment for me to put all of my focus and attention to what she's saying. Because for her, it's an emotional time. And she needs to be heard. She needs to express her frustration. So I'm very intentional about not interrupting or saying anything in that moment. But I'm listening. All of my focus is on her and what she's saying. And even when I'm hearing her and listening to her, I'm actually feeling what she's feeling. Because now I'm finding myself frustrated because of what's frustrating her. I find myself getting angry because of what she's angry about. So now I'm feeling her pain. That's what it means to really listen to somebody because you are focusing on that one person about what they're saying. Now I understand what is, what's happening to her. I understand what's going on with her. I understand how she's feeling and, how, and, and the impact that is left on her. Because I took the time to listen. Now, other moments when, um, for instance, if I'm watching a ball game or I'm reading a newspaper, or if I'm preparing for a message, uh, my wife will come and, and share with me about something that she read. You know, my wife is always reading and she's learning a lot of things and picking up a lot of tidbits about gardening and sewing and all this stuff. And, and she's sharing it with me because she feels she has to share it with me. Now, at that moment, I'm just hearing. I'm hearing her words, but I'm not really understanding what she's saying because I'm trying to read. And now what I do is, is uh, let's say I'm reading, and she'll come in the room and say, oh, honey, this, you know, I heard this and this and this and that and all this other this. And I, I'll stop and I'll listen. Okay, uh-huh, yeah, all right. And then I'll stop and I'll, be to, and I'll go back to reading. A couple of minutes later, she'll come back in and continue what she was talking about earlier and said, so, oh, and by the way, and this, 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 and this, and that. And says, oh, okay, all right. Two, three minutes later, she come back again. And I'm saying to myself, how can she just can't tell me that in one sitting? It, it's almost like a television series, you know, with no end. It's like different episodes. She comes with episodes one, episode two, episode three. And, uh, you know, and, and it's like, it's frustrating, you know? But, but I'm trying very hard to be a listener. And I'm trying very hard to be a good husband. But inside of me... I'm frustrated because I'm trying to read the same article for the last 15, 20 minutes, and I can't even finish it because my wife wants to express herself. But I realize how important it is to her to talk to me about that. And so with me, it's a learning experience because I have to learn patience. I've got to learn that what she's saying is more important than what I'm reading, even though I may not get a chance to finish reading it during the day. But it's something I have to learn. When my wife, and again, we'll talk about this a little later, but um, I forgot, I, I lost my train of thought. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, I forgot it. It'll probably come back to me. But there's a, that's a difference between hearing and listening, okay? And hearing, again, it's, it, it's, there's no conscious effort, okay? There's no conscious decision to hear, and when, when I'm reading and my wife is talking to me and I really want to read this article, I made a conscious de- I, I'm not making a conscious decision to listen to her because I'm, I want to read the article. And so, again, that's the difference between hearing and listening. But what I've learned also is that now I should listen to my wife all the time, especially when she uh, talks to me about, you know, my wife is a gardener. She loves gardening. And she'll talk to me about, honey, this, week, this summer I'm going to plant the, the, the cucumbers. I'm going to plant tomatoes. I'm going to plant kale. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I'm saying, wonderful. That's great. But when she begins to explain to me the intricacies of the, the science behind growing cucumbers and the way the dirt has to go and, and the many different insects you have to protect and the hundreds of squashes and cucumbers in the world, I get lost. Because I'm only interested, are we having cucumbers? That's all I'm, but my wife, but that's my wife. She, she loves to express and explain these things. And so again, it's a learning experience for me because I have to listen to the science 
of growing cucumbers, uh, or when she'll talk about sowing, and she'll use all these sowing terms that I don't understand. And sometimes I have to stop and say, honey, I don't understand what you're saying. I have no idea what you're talking about. Please break it down for me. And then she breaks it down for me. But see, again, this is, this is a work in progress. But we make it work. But listening is, is very important because, because by listening, you are not only expressing, actually you're sending a message when you're listening to your spouse. You're saying to your spouse, I care about what you're saying. I'm interested in what you're saying. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to understand what you're saying. I want to stand why you feel the way you feel. And listening takes time. Okay? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that timing is important, too. I know a lot of times when I approach him, um, he might be reading something important. or Not that I'm not important, but he'll listen the first time. He'll, you know, he'll have all his attention. But then all he'll say, uh, honey, how long is uh, this going to take? And I'll say, well, it's only, it's not, it's not that long, you know. And so, you know, I'll, I'll say it to him, he'll listen. Uh, but the thing is that I'll come back, like, maybe like he said, ten times. And it's like I always find something new. Honey, you're going to love this. Watch this, you know. And, uh, and so learning, um, I think me being more sensitive in the timing, you know, that, you know, he needs his time to, to read his book that he's reading. And it's, it's okay the first time, but... It's not like anything's happened to you that's detrimental. If it's something that was detrimental, he would put the book down and he would, you know, would listen. But um, just to remember the timing when you tell somebody something or you're, when you're trying to tell them something and they're going out the door, that's not a time to tell them something that's, mm-hmm. you know, you want to show them this. It's just being aware of the timing when you, when you approach. Yeah. Unless it's something that's really bothering you, that's, a, that, that's affecting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and, and that's when you have to use some discernment as well, because yeah. there's a time. As a matter of fact, the scripture in the Bible called in Ecclesiastes chapter three and verse seven. It says, "There's a time to keep silent, and a time to speak." And probably one of the most important lessons to learn about communication is that when your spouse is talking, you say as little as possible. Um, how many of you like enjoy speaking to somebody, and when you're talking to them, they're always interrupting you? That's one of my biggest pet peeves. One of them interrupts you or, or talks over you. Um, that doesn't work in a marriage. Because, again, you're sending a message. You're saying, my, what I have to say is more important than you, so let me stop you so I can say what I have to say. All right. So speaking as little as possible creates more opportunities to learn and to understand some things about your spouse. And, and we don't understand, we don't realize that, but someone once says this, that when you talk, you're only repeating what you already know. But when you listen, you may learn something new. So that's why it's important to really listen because you're going to learn something new about your spouse. You're going to learn things that you didn't know about. You're going to learn why she's upset with you and you didn't know she was upset with you. You're going to learn why she's frustrated because you didn't know she was frustrated. So it's really important to know that when you listen, you get to learn some things about your spouse. So Proverbs 10 and verse 19 says, too much talk leads to sin, but be sensible and keep your mouth shut. I think another scripture too that I have for that is set a watch, O Lord, over my mouth. I love that scripture. And guard the doors of my lips. I love that, that scripture. That scripture is so versatile, but um, it can be for anything if you're watching what you want to eat or, um, or just for, for what you're saying, basically. To set a watch, oh Lord. I, I, when I go to work, I say, Lord, set a watch, oh Lord, over my mouth. Because my mother used to say, not every truth ought to be told. Sometimes you'll see something. And, and the Bible says that um, when, uh, where there's no wood, there's no fire. So that's how strife happens. So when you go to work, you see things. Yeah. You say, set a watch, O Lord, over my mouth. Not everything you see ought to be told. Mm-hmm. Not everything you see ought to be said. You know, um, because sometimes what you say will cause strife. Yeah. So that, yeah. That's, a, that's a good scripture for that. Yeah. So here's some tips that will help to improve your listening skills. Of course, the first one is to be intentional to improve your listening skills. Be intentional. Make it a point in your life 
to develop those skills to be a listener. Okay. The second thing is let go of any judgments or assumptions. You know, when, you're, when your spouse is talking, it's very easy to, to make assumptions or, or, or judge or be judgmental. When you do that, you've already closed the door to the conversation. Because as far as you're concerned, you've already judged the situation. You've already made your assumptions, and so you're not interested in listening anymore. So you completely shut down the, the conversation. Ask questions. Ask relevant, open-ended questions. But choose, pick and choose when to ask questions. Because when you ask questions, you're letting your spouse know that you're attentive to them. Mm-hmm. And that you're paying t- attention to what they're saying. And that you're interested in what they're saying. Use nonverbal gestures like body language. Body language can communicate so much. You know, like eye contact or making sure that your body is directly in front of your spouse and your focus and your attention and not every once in a while letting them know that you're acknowledging them, that you're listening. Try to validate. When giving someone your, your undivided attention is validation enough. But when you say, honey, I feel what you're, what you're feeling. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I would feel the same way if I was in your situation. What you're, what you're doing, you're validating your spouse. Be engaged in conversation with her. Give advice only if, we're, if required. How many of you sometimes when you're listening to your spouse, a solution comes up and you want to share your solution and you want to fix the problem? That's probably not the best time to do that. So don't provide any solution or don't try to fix the problem unless your spouse is asking you for it. And then, as I mentioned before, speak as little as possible. James 1.19 says, be slow, be quick to listen and be slow to speak. Don't interrupt. Don't try to talk over that person. But be respectful. Because when you allow others to speak, you're giving yourself an opportunity to learn something new that you never knew before about your spouse. Mm. So before we get to the next uh, key, let me just give you uh, uh, something that you can take home to practice. Okay, try this. When you go home, first of all, pick a time and a place where there's no distractions. You've got no place to go. Make sure you leave your phone in the other room so that you won't be interrupted or distracted. And do this. Okay, each of you spend three to five minutes telling a, sharing a personal story with your spouse. Okay, and uh, let's say I share three or five minutes sharing a personal story. Then wait like maybe 15, 20 seconds and then let your other, your spouse, you know, share a personal story about three to five minutes. Okay, when you're done, then what you do is you talk about and discuss what it was like to listen and what it was like to, to be listened to. All right? It's a very simple uh, exercise, so try that, okay? Go home, take turns sharing a story for about three or five minutes, wait about 30 seconds, I mean 15, 20 seconds between, and then discuss what it was like to listen and to be listened to. All right? All right, so the third one we're going to talk about is how to communicate well even if you and your spouse have different communication styles. How many of you have the same communication styles as your spouse? Okay, I didn't think so. Now, my, my method or my style of communication is that when I want to say something, <laughs> I'm to the point. And so I try to find the shortest route to get to my point. My wife? Me, I like... Me, I like to know from the beginning to the end. I want to know the what, the why, the how, the where, and um, ev- with every detail. So I- I'm more detailed, I guess. Um, In other words, she takes the long road. <laughs> so when my wife is on the long road, I'm looking for the next exit to get off. <laughs> Not all the time. <laughs> Not all the time. Not all the time. <laughs> I suffer long. <laughs> So what's interesting is this, because I'm a person who likes to get to the point. So when my wife is talking, she, you know, again, she, she wants to start from the beginning. She wants to tell the whole story. And so while she's telling the rest of the story, I'm saying, I'm wondering if there's a point to this. And, and so and now I have to be very careful how I say that, because tone 
can communicate. Right? Do you agree with that? So a certain tone, how you say something can communicate something. So I'm being very careful about how I say, honey, is there a point to this? And so, and when I do, she said, yeah, yeah, but wait a minute, I got to say this. So now I'm right back where I started. (laughs) And so, but you know, she's always been that way. And I don't know if it's a woman thing or not. I mean, I don't know what your styles are, women, but but I had to learn to be more patient with her because, again, she feels that she has to tell the whole story. Now, again, there are times when you do have to get to a point because there's only so many hours in a day. So, <laughs> so, you know, at some point, let's get to a point so we can know, you know, where do we go from here? Um, but, in, again, in that process, I'm learning something here. I, I'm, it's almost like God is working something in me, helping me to be more patient, helping me to be more... Um, uh, more of a listen because understand this and again this is common for everybody that when you're listening to someone I learned that the attention span of, a, of an adult is 8.25 seconds and that's not much so anytime after that you're really winging it so uh, yes oh no great <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I don't get to finish my point <laughs> what about for a child you or for a child, child. It's, you know, for a child it's a lot less yeah. But, um, but for an adult, it's, it's 8.25. So, so my thinking is that when I'm talking, I don't want to talk as much because I'm always worried about the other person. So I'm having conversation. I want to get to the point so we can get home and do what we have to do. But again, in that process, how do we make that work? Well, again, I have to learn to be patient. And then my wife you know, works with me and she meets me halfway. When she realizes that she's taking too long to get to a point, and I you know, remind her about three or four times in the conversation, she'll finally say, okay, you know what, I'll get to the point. But we make it work, you know? It's, you know, again, it's sometimes a little frustrating, but we don't get into strife about it. We don't get into an argument about it. We, we work through it, you know? And we finally, she finally say what she has to say, and then, uh, um, you know, I, and again, it doesn't take me long to get to what I have to say. And sometimes there are times when I do have to take a little bit more time to express myself but with the intention of always getting to a point. But that's just me. That's how I am. And, uh, and, but again, this, with my wife, it's, it, she likes to share the whole story. Uh, and, that, and that's why sometimes when she's talking about her gardening, the things that she loves, who else does she, is she going to share that with? Right? She shares it with me. I mean, she'll share it with other friends, but, but the love and the passion that she has for these things, I'm there, so why not share it with me? And so I, I have to remind myself that she's sharing something that she loves and, and who better to share that with than her spouse. And so, and that's how I have to look at it. So, so we make that work, you know, and we, we try to, you know, we try to, uh, and try to meet each other halfway. And I think that's probably the most important part of, of making it work and, and be able to communicate well with each other is by meeting each other halfway, you know, recognizing the different styles but then coming up with a, with, a, with a plan on how we can make it work rather than letting it separate us or, or cause strife or, or, you know, or whatever. But, um, but did you have anything you want to share on that, honey? Yeah, I think um, that, you know, like he said, for me, uh, I try to be more sensitive in that, shortening it a bit. Because, I, like I said, I, I have to tell the whole story, but you can shorten the story. Um, especially if he's pressed for time, has to go out the door, has to be where, or he has to do a, an assignment that needs to be done. I always kind of catch him in those moments, you know, when it always seems that. But um, but just being being conscious of things like that, being sensitive to one another. I think that when you yeah. love each other, you try to be more sensitive to one another. Yeah. And, um, and, and one of the things, too, is that I'm very sensitive and of, I don't like hurting my wife's feelings it's because when I do, it hurts me. You know, so I'm very careful about doing that because that's the last thing I want to do is hurt my wife or make her cry or any of that. So I'm very sensitive. So even in my frustration, I, 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 I work that out you know, and it's, you know, because I don't want to hurt her. So I'm aware of that. So I'm very careful about what I say and how I say it. Now, sometimes I'll say it in a joking way because I'm always joking. 
um, but something doesn't come out the way I was hoping to come out. And it bothers me if, if I got her angry because of it. And so I have to make that up for her because, again, that's not my intention. And, and just to encourage the husbands that when you find yourself in that situation, you know, be aware of your wife's feelings and not that you're not, but being sensitive because the last thing you want is to hurt your spouse or, 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 or in any way because you don't want strife to come in. And, you know, of course, when, when there's strife, there's every evil work, the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So we want to avoid that, uh, especially with something that's so minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and... Um I'm learning because for me, I, I, I used to keep everything in. If something bothered me, I'd put this wall and that was it, and he couldn't climb it. And, and that was wrong, you know. Uh, I'm learning now to, if something's bothering me, to share it. You know, if it's the next, even if it's the next day, say, you know. Um, and, and sometimes he'll be like, well, he has no clue, you know. Because, you know, I think because I'm sensitive sometimes, and uh, he likes to joke. And sometimes when you say something... Um, you know, it might come out differently. I might hear it different than yeah. you. And uh, so you have no idea that, you know, that you hurt my feelings or anything. But even, it was a few days, a few, last week, I think. I think something had happened. And um, I'm just finding this now? No, no, I told oh, you about, I told you about that. Oh, what was that? Yeah, what? it was just some incident, something you joked about. And I, and I, and I, and I just told myself, Maria, why are you upset about that? You know, that's, you know, it's like, just let it run off your shoulder. It was a, I know he loves you, and he didn't mean it that way. He just likes to joke. And so I had taken it that way, and, but I'm so proud of myself in that now I look at it and say, and, you know, and analyze it and say, yeah, he didn't mean it that way. He just loves to joke around a lot. Mm -hmm. You're just too sensitive, you know. So, um, so I'm thankful for that, that I've come that long way. Because before, like I said, I would keep it all in, stay upset for days. And it was just terrible. I'm ashamed to even say that, you know. I, I'd keep it, uh, you know, like I said, I'd keep it for three days or four. Talk yeah. about going, letting the sun go down in your wrath, you know. It was, yeah. like, terrible. And, uh, but thank <coughs> God these, these, uh, these are our best years. I yes. Mean, I tell yeah. you. We're, um, we're in the, um, the um, empty nest stage. We only have one... Uh, uh, a young adult that lives with us, but it's like we're 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 alone. Yeah, that's and, it. Uh, but we still like each other, you know. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. We love each other, and um, you know they say how you know kids leave, and then you're looking at each other across the table, and you don't know each other. That's a sad place to be. Yeah. So you know we're at that place where we we we, we love like, each other. Yeah, we like being we with like each being other. with each other, you know, and it's it's a good thing. Yeah. And uh, and I pray God gives us many many more years. To do his Amen. will on this earth. Amen. You know. Amen. Sure. And uh, just before we close, let me just say this. Um, it, when, we, when, when we first got married, our communication was terrible. Mm -hmm. Because I was the kind of person that when, there's a, when we had an issue, I wanted to talk about it right then and then. Let's, let's resolve it. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's get it out the way. Where my wife would shut down and not talk about it. She would rather process it. Uh, but I was the kind of person I was very demanding. I wanted to talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. And when she wouldn't do it, I would say I would I would perceive that as she did not. She does not want to resolve the issue. She wants to just stay mad at me and so forth. So you see how the assumption can play into this, you know. And so you're assuming all of these things when when the reality is is that you're trying to force something on somebody that they're not ready to to sit down and talk about. So. If there's an issue, a disagreement, and the emotions are high, the best thing to do is just separate for a, for a time, give each other some space, pray about it, and say, Lord, if there's anything I've done wrong, show me, and let's resolve this issue. And then your spouse will be doing the same thing. And then when cooler heads prevail, you come together, you begin to talk and share, and then resolve the issue. And that's probably the best way to, to communicate with one another by being sensitive to one another. Okay. Well, that's all we have. Yeah, and I was going to say that if, if your communication isn't all that great, don't be discouraged, you know. Go to God. He'll help you. The fact that you love one another, that's so important, you know. That's a start. You love your spouse. You want the best for them. So ask God, and he'll help you. He'll show you the things that need to be worked on individually. And so when you come together, he can just move and do what he's called you to do. Yeah. 
So be encouraged. And uh, thank you for giving us this chance to share. Yeah, thank you. I got to tell you that this is not my comfort zone. This is not my comfort zone. I dreaded it for months, you know. And, uh, but when I got up here, there was just such a peace, such a peace. I'm grateful for the Holy Ghost that just did that. Only he could do that, mm-hmm. you know. So if you're sitting in your comfort zone, get out, you know. Allow God to do something because if you stay in your comfort zone, you won't grow to the fullest of what God wants to do for you. So you've got to step out, you know. Thank you.